守れず It's here. Under the bed. No, there's nothing under the bed, ma'am. Are you sure? Yes. Will you check for me? Please. See, nothing. You didn't look. That on purpose. Did what? You dropped that on purpose. Why would I do that? I don't know. Did you hit you? Yes, yes, yes. To a podcast exploring faith and fear. What scares us and what saves us. This is the fear of God. Oh, hello. I didn't see you there. Probably because this is a podcast, but let's not dwell on that. Welcome back to your favorite podcast at the intersection of faith and fear. Every week, not we, but sometimes us, discuss what scares us in order to find what saves us. This is the fear of God. With you right now is not Reed Lackey and Nathan Rouse. It is I, foreign correspondent from the Great White North, Vera Gowdy. We're not quite sure what happened to your regular hosts, The neighbor called us and said that they haven't seen them in a few days. We checked it out, but the door was locked from the inside. At the very least, they need a housekeeper because that is black mold over there. And yes, in this scenario, Nathan and Reed are roommates. Just go with it, people. With me today are two of the loveliest ladies I've had the pleasure of only meeting virtually, but am extremely blessed every single time we do. Please put your hands together, and I'm trusting that you are all doing that for the quarterly queens, Asia Schwartz and Schruber and Jess Fishley. Hello, ladies. Hey. Harrell. It's always Hi. good to see you. Oh, it's always good to see you guys. <laughs> so fun. Oh man, I'm so excited for tonight. But why don't you guys check out that corridor behind those boxes over there? We are in the middle of a series that will carry the fear of God through to the end of the year called Foggle Wieners. Random movies chosen by you. Well, not just any old you, but our patrons. Specifically the ones that were at Foggoween, the Fear of God annual Halloween party. And specifically those who stuck around for more than five minutes, unlike yours truly. (laughs) If you want to be able to do cool things like join other Foggers at a Halloween party and pick movies to feature on the pod, consider becoming a patron. It's not that hard. We're in year three of this pandemic, and I couldn't figure out Zoom on my phone for Fogoween, but I very easily joined the Patreon. What I'm saying is that if I can do it, you can do it. So what are you waiting for? Check out the website, thefearofgodpodcast.com, for more info on how to join Patreon and for all things fear of God. Now that we've got that business aside, come back over here, ladies, and let's have a chat. All right. Yes. So... I want to know, 
a very specific thing. Well, one of three very specific things. I want to know what Cha been watching, <laughs> reading, and or listening to. What you watching? What you reading? What you listening to? Listeners, as we've uh, established, can't see us, but we all did a little dance along the theme song. <laughs> so, Jess, what have you been watching, reading, or listening to? Yes. Okay. So, normally I've got like some heavy book <laughs> that's got just nothing, nothing good, just uh, true history. But this time I am going to go with a movie that was fun like 27 meters down but this one is called fall uh reed mentioned it in the facebook group it is um these women who mountain climb and i don't want to give anything away a lot of spoilers but if you are even slightly scared of heights it is absolutely terrifying um just just a great movie. I hate to give anything away. There's a lot of twists and turns. And just trust me, it starts out, you're thinking it's a little cheesy. I don't know about this, but it, it's worth it. It's a great, it's a great thrilling ride. I will check that out because I enjoyed 47 meters down. And by enjoyed, I mean was terrified by. So this is like opposite. That's down, right. that's up. Yeah. <laughs> I'm definitely one of those people. If I read anything involving heights, like my stomach goes into my feet. <laughs> So, <laughs> all right, Asia, what's your whatcha? My whatcha, I feel so behind the whole fog community. And especially because I've already listened to pretty much any episodes that were about this material before I had ever consumed this material in its entirety. Um, but I am finally listening to via Audible uh, Salem's Lot for the first time. Oh, how are you liking it or not liking it? I'm loving it. So also very recently, it's kind of a, a double whammy um, listening and watching because a couple weeks ago, a good friend of mine who is like super duper obsessed with any type of creature film um, sat my husband and I down and showed us the miniseries, um, the super successful miniseries that everybody loves and knows and that was my first introduction to the whole story of salem's lot and now i'm going through the book and i'm it's great i mean you know it's it's a slow burn it's got all of the very you know um familiar stephen king beats of people's minds being one of the worst scariest things in any of the horror elements and definitely yeah really fascinating in-depth characters and great tension really good tension i'm i'm very much enjoying my romp into salem <laughs> for its lot <laughs> did you say an audiobook yep yep just the audiobook version of it yep and it's a good reader because that makes a big difference <laughs> oh yes very good reader very good reader um, yeah, because again, it's Stephen King. So all of the characters just have such depth and flavor, no pun intended. Um, so yeah, this he's he's great. This guy's great. I totally recommend it. It's awesome. Does anybody else, anytime somebody says Salem's Lot, immediately start singing Eminem in their head? Or is that just me? <laughs> no. <Okay>. <laughs> I <laughs> don't know Eminem as well as I should, aside from like, you know, What's the big ones. <laughs> that's it. fine it's lose it's the song lose yourself he says oh he the one i should the life. one i should definitely know the words to <laughs> <laughs> oh you mean only the song that like was the biggest ever <laughs> yeah 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 just just that one it's fine it's fine it's just me i get it um so for my watcha um i feel like i've been consuming a lot lately just like a hungry little baby just eat just eating all of the media and so i couldn't pick a single show or movie so i'm going to do a song actually and i don't think i've ever picked a song as my watcha before but i was interpreting at an event tonight and i had the 
um, absolute amazing fortune to interpret for Rain Maida and Chantel Kravietzik, who are two Canadian singers. People who are fans of Our Lady Peace will know Rain Maida as the lead singer. Um, and Chantel Kravietzik is his, um, I don't know if they're still married. They were married, but she's also a very successful Canadian singer um, in her own right. Anyway, um, they have a new song out and it is called I'm Going to Break Your Heart. It's a duet. It is beautiful and heartbreaking and it is appropriate. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. And it is about their their relationship and how they fell apart and how they've, you know, come back together either in a new relationship or as friends. I'm not entirely certain what their status is, but they seem friendly. And um, (laughs) anyway, it was just a, a really, really beautiful, really touching song. And so I highly recommend if you like, um, um, I don't remember their name. Oh, shoot. If you, if you like that sort of um, indie feel, like acoustic guitar, piano, like two people singing without a lot of like hullabaloo, like this is the kind of song. Like the Civil Wars? Oh, my goodness. Thank you. (laughs) I figured it out. This, this is why I have. This is why I need other people to. <laughs> I am an interpreter. I need other people to interpret me. I don't make any sense, but you guys get me. <laughs> yes, it's very much like got a civil wars feel to it, but it's it's just a beautiful song. Yummy. So it's called "I'm Going to Break Your Heart" by Rain Maida and Chantel Kraviatsin. And that is the end of our witches. What you watching? What you watching? What you reading? What you listening to? <laughs> so, about this movie, should we tell people mm-hmm. what movie that we watched? I mean, I guess they saw it on the episode title, but we watched the movie. Um, oh no, I forgot what it. Is. Oh, I love it. <laughs> so relic. Relic and not to be confused with the relic. Yeah. It is relic from. Thank you. Yeah. No, that is, that is all right. Um, (laughs) Directed by Natalie Erica James. This is her first feature film, which this whole movie, I feel like is pretty cool. Like it's by Mm -hmm. happenstance that the quarterly Queens are covering it, but here's this female director um, and it's pretty much about three females. I mean, there's mm-hmm. occasional uh, men who come into the cast, but it, it's mainly about three women. Yeah. So if you had to pick one of the three m- women that you would be, I would obviously be the grandma because I'm clearly <laughs> having some issues today. <laughs> that is the, the moldy totally woman. Fine. Yeah. <laughs> um, this is one of our uh, Fogawiener su- submissions um, submitted by fellow Canadian Dave Courtney. So thank you, Dave, so much for submitting this movie. And we're so thankful that we three get to talk about it here today. Yes. Yeah. Surprisingly few weeks. <laughs> can't even say this joke. Fog a wiener submission. Somebody's got to like you know be inappropriate like Nathan in these episodes. Like the Fog a wieners episode. So right Very surprisingly few wieners in this in this movie. <laughs> None, in fact. I just sort of meant like essence wise. You know, there's only two dudes or three in the entire movie. <laughs> yeah, for a total um, of five minutes. Yeah. Maybe. So speaking of that ain't right, uh, should, should, we, should we segue into that segment? Let's segue into that segment. You're welcome. Sure as hell ain't right. <laughs> Asia, do you want to tell us about what, you know, ain't right about this movie? This one was tricky because there were, like like we said, it's a slow burn. Um, 
And there does come a point at which it's very easy to select any number of that ain't rights. And I kept thinking like, oh, that's my that's my that ain't right. And then something else would happen and I'd be like, oh, no, that <laughs> that's not right. And then something else would happen and it would it just kept upping the not rightness of what it's throwing in front of your face. Um, I think ultimately for me, the most ain't right element is probably just that weird ass ending area where she's just slowly peeling off her mommy's skin. Like, (laughs) I mean, A, WTF, like, why? What are you trying? What is even happening right now? And also just the general unpleasantness of watching an elderly lady's skin get very calmly peeled off her carcass. What (laughs) might not even be her carcass? I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Listeners cannot see my face, but I made some faces because recalling that is unpleasant. It is really really gross. Jess, what about you? Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I think we would all definitely, um, say that that is definitely not right. My, um, second one would be when, um, Edna is clearly, you know, getting more aggressive and just kind of meaner and she's, she's turning and it's when she leaves that bath and it starts to overflow again and it makes the the heater explode and like the electricity goes out. So Kay, her daughter, is, you know, looking for her and finds her in a corner, like stabbing her face with that knife. And like then she and it's, you know, and I mean, everything about it, like the hallways in this house, we're all terrified of this hallway. Mm-hmm. You just you know she's crouched in that corner and you're like, oh, good Lord, like what? what is going on here? Like what's happening? And then like her leg and you can't quite, you're like trying to take it all in and you're Mm. just like, ah, like, um, so that, that would be, that would be my, that ain't right. Uh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Correct. That's not right. (laughs) Yes. That is not right. Do not stab yourself in the face. It is gross. Um, for my unpleasant. (laughs) Yeah. Um, for mine, I'm going to go with the neighbor recollecting what happened to his son and why Oof. the the boy with Down syndrome, that is the neighbor, does not go over to the house anymore. So if you have seen the movie, then you know what I'm talking about. If you haven't seen the movie, um, let's recap for you, is that a daughter gets a call from a neighbor of her mom's saying that they haven't seen her in a little while and they're a little bit concerned of her because she's been having issues with her memory. So the daughter and granddaughter drive over to the house, find that the house is locked up, get in through like a doggy door or cat door or whatever, find out that the house is kind of dirty. There's mold growing on the walls. There is a neighbor boy that has Down syndrome who talks to the granddaughter and he says that he's not allowed. Later on in the movie, as the grandmother comes back and you're seeing that she's grappling in the early stages of dementia, Um, He recounts to or the neighbor recounts to the granddaughter that the boy was over at the grandmother's house and they were playing a game of hide and seek and he hid in a closet and the grandmother forgot that he was in there and locked the door and he was in there for hours just screaming until his dad came to get him. And that just really wrenched Mm -hmm. my heart. Um, It was so sad. And so can't even imagine the scariness of that. Like, ugh, that ain't right. I agree. And along with the the psychological, that ain't right. When Edna, you know, uses a derogatory term to refer to him, to her mm. granddaughter, Sam, when she asks. And that was just, that was my, that ain't right. Just for, you could see Sam was just like, this is not my grandmother. Like mm. they, clearly Jamie and Edna had, a a sweet relationship at one point that he spent time with her and that, you know, that she would refer to him in such a mean way. You could just see Sam just grappling with like, what is going on? Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, it was really sad and heartbreaking. And um, in a movie where there's like a lot of things that are sad and heartbreaking, it was just one of the top of the list for me. And that's why it ain't right. That sure as hell ain't right. So does anyone else, before we get, you know, deeper into themes, have anything that they want to say about this movie? I don't, this is not themes related, but I could not for the life of me stop thinking about this. Don't touch mold. Why, why is everybody oh my gosh, in this yes. <laughs> incessantly feel the need when they see mold? Why you got to touch it? It's yeah. mold. It's mold. Everybody, you can see it's mold. Why you got to go put your, why put your fingers all up in it? Like, that's why this is happening in the first place. Cause you weirdos just have this need to just like get all up and cozy with this mold stuff. Stop touching oh it. <laughs> Everybody in this movie touches the mold. Just who does that? Anyhow, that was one of the that's, most nagging thoughts good. I had this whole movie. Stop touching the mold. Yeah. Um, yeah. Everybody knows. It's like 101. Don't touch black mold. Yeah. yeah. Gross. So gross. So gross. Um, so, yeah. Any, again, not getting into themes, or we can get into themes if, if y'all are feeling. Um, how did this movie make you feel when you watched it? So very confused. (laughs) So very I have I have now there were I will say this movie did provide me one of one of the best aha moments. I think that a movie has given me in a long time sort of the whole reveal of like hell Narnia. That was a really good um, payoff for me. Asia, that is the best. (laughs) It's a really you know, actually. You know what this movie had that another movie that I was a guest on The Fear of God didn't have? It had a night house. This movie yes. had more night house than the night house. I totally <laughs> agree with that. I thought the same thing. Oh, yeah. But other other than that really good payoff, though, I still walked away. And maybe this is because I'm just stupid, but I walked away from this movie with still a ton of questions that i thought had been answered and then sort of it's ending 2.0 just said i oh i guess i don't understand what's going on at all so maybe you two when we get there can open up my very narrow-minded brain and help me understand what the heck this movie was trying to tell me yeah i watched it last week for the first time ever and same sort of reaction and just like i i liked the visuals like Mm -hmm. i like slower paced movies like i like not necessarily having everything spelled out like Mm -hmm. it's a fit a lot of things i don't like you know the slasher the gory i mean there was definitely enough to gross you out we went we went over that but i liked it but same thing asia i was kind of like um, <laughs> I'm not sure if I'm understanding, but I, I feel like I immediately felt disoriented, which I was like, well, I think that was the, the point, like, you know, the idea of the dementia and the confusion and just, you know, it, it didn't make sense, you know, that when Sam was in those walls and, you know, she's busted there, I'm like, the house is not this big, like, this can't be logically what is happening this has to be something else and then i did as i did a little reading um one critic described it as emotionally making more sense than logical sense and that clicked with me Mm -hmm. right away i think that's a really good descriptor of of how the movie um also made me feel um here is a question and feel free to answer it as much or as little as you want um, have you either of you um, known somebody that has been diagnosed or struggled with or you know passed away from dementia or Alzheimer's? Any degenerative brain disorder? I have not. I have had um, 
some good friends who have had parents who have, um, I also have a friend presently that I grew up with and her mother is in early stages of Alzheimer's. So they're just some of these things like the hiding things, the paranoia. I was like, yeah, that the, the, the descriptions are making sense with what I'm seeing her experience. And I also um, worked at a nursing facility, like a nursing home Mm -hmm. um, all through high school in the kitchen. And that just has always had a really big effect on me. Just, I don't know, being a teenager kind of in the prime of your like, I'm immortal. I'm going to live forever, you know, and just coming daily to work with people who are in, in stages of life. Cause it was like the end care f- facilities. And mm-hmm. um, there was one woman that always will stick with me because she was the youngest woman there. I mean, she was probably only in her sixties, which, you know, at 15, you're like, well, that's still ancient. But now I'm like, Oh my gosh, she was in a, you know, a long-term care facility at 60. Um, but she had, Alzheimer's and she just always had a very um, aggravated face like she was upset all the time Um, and it was just it was it was sad even as a teenager it was something that um, and her husband who was fine you know he was they probably had plans to travel the world and do stuff in retirement and she was sick and he was with her every day at this home trying to make things you know he was kind of like the joy in the room because this guy wasn't sick at all. You know, he was young and healthy. And so I, I think a lot of that in the movie tapped into me because I feel like I know a good number of people who have walked this hard path. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for me. Um, so I have two remaining grandparents and they are both struggling um, in terms of cognition. My nanny on my dad's side, she has like the early stages of of dementia in terms of like she's forgetting a lot of things. She's 90, she'll be 94 um in a couple of weeks. So she's she's, you know, lived a very long life, but she is starting to forget things. Like she thinks that a lot of the time she thinks that I'm my Aunt Ruth, um, which is fair. We do look very similar. Um, my no no on my mom's side, my grandfather, he has forgotten how to speak English. It's just gone. (laughs) So he only speaks Italian now. Um, And another relative that actually, so another um, more distant relative that um, I knew and was pretty close to, um, founded a lot of services for adults with special needs in um, like the greater Toronto area region and was diagnosed with dementia and in the later stages of dementia almost identical to the grandmother in this movie like would see somebody that had down syndrome and call them a derogatory slur would never have done that Mm. their whole life was in service to people with disabilities but just the way that the dementia messed with their head just became the most cantankerous person and and sometimes very nasty and so um i think that this movie helped me to understand emotionally what they might be going through like it was a very much now i'm in your shoes kind of situation watching this movie um and i think that the person who described it as it makes a lot more emotional sense than it does narrative or or sense in the physical world i think is is just bang on because i think that that's what it's supposed to evoke yeah i Um, agree and i feel like it's the first time that i always think of the caretakers you know you think of the family experience but i never really honestly think of the person so what i liked was that it could it showed what edna was going through as she was slowly losing her senses, I always think of it more of the caretaker, like the kids and what they're going through. And even just like with the post-it notes, how the different, like the very first one was just like, take your pills, which I make stuff, (laughs) notes like that for myself all the time, you know? And then it's like, 
slowly like don't let you know don't let it follow you or you know don't follow it i think and then you know by the time sam's in the closet and everything's really coming in and down on them you know it's it it's that scary chicken scratch and it's like terrifying messages i don't know i thought that was really an interesting way of chronicling what this woman was going through yeah Mm -hmm. um what if you had to put words to an interpretation of the ending of the movie what what would you say it is trying to convey so um again a brief summary um after the granddaughter talks to the neighbor finds out that her grandmother is really struggling to forget things um the granddaughter goes to check out the closet when she's in the closet she finds a corridor hidden behind some boxes and she wanders through that corridor and she gets lost and it appears like the walls are moving and she cannot find her way out of this she's in like an alternate dimension of the house yeah it's It's still the house it's still the mold is still everywhere it's worse and and she can't get out she's breaking through walls but like hallways are getting smaller and pressing in on her and and she can't get out um meanwhile the grandmother is um losing more control of her mind of her body and that's when she starts she has the bath she stabs herself in the face she um, mangles her leg and they're looking for the granddaughter and then the the daughter of the grandmother comes to a realization and she peels her mother's skin off (laughs) and it doesn't appear to hurt her but underneath the skin she's covered in that black mold Mm -hmm. and they she lies down with her mother her daughter has kicked her way out of the walls um and the daughter lies down with them too and then the daughter notices some mold growing on her mom and that's how the movie ends so what is your interpretation of that ending? I think Jess is right in that if 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 it's an emotional interpretation, then the whole thing adds up very nicely and neatly to the horrible journey that they're going through. Uh, and also the stages of grief, I would say, anger, denial, all the depression, acceptance, all these different stages that the mom in particular is going through with her own mother. Um, so if if it's an emotional interpretation, then I would say it's, you know, they're they're watching the beginnings of it. They're watching the worst of it. And then they're struggling against it. They're confused by it. They don't know how to protect the grandmother or themselves from it. And then in the end, they stop trying to see the grandmother for who they remember her being and fully accept who she is, which is now this very, very different version of herself than they were ever comfortable embracing. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as an emotional interpretation, I would say that that fits really neatly. Anything other than an emotional interpretation or, you know, like the upper layer of straightforward horror narrative I, I struggle i really struggle to find any type of anything to really latch onto at the ending cuz i one of the things i kept trying to figure out is like is the gra- like is the grandma possessed by whatever the it is that's supposedly haunting their house or has she been replaced by it in sort of a changeling style situation? And then the skin thing happened and then that pretty much threw all that out the window. So that that's my gut reaction. Yeah. Yeah, I can definitely see what you're saying. And I feel the same things about the ending of the, the movie. For me, because there are people in my life that are you know, in the early stages of memory loss. And because I've known people who've been in the later stages, I, it really did help me to understand, or at least try to understand what they are going through. And for me, how I saw the ending was that 
that mold is something that they've been fighting against the entire time that they've been in that house. Like they've cleaned it up, they've scrubbed it away, but it just keeps coming back. And when the grandmother skin is peeled away, it reveals how decayed she really is and that you can't get rid of it when it's when it's that bad. Mm. But what the daughter does in that situation is instead of further trying to clean her mom and, you know, trying to eradicate her of this mold that's taken over her body, she decides that she's going to accept it. And she helps her mom heal away that shame that she's been wearing. Mm. So that skin that she's had on is is her trying to mask what she's been struggling with. And her daughter is revealing, you know, what's underneath, which is it's taken over her mom. It's, it's dirty. It's, it's a disease, but she's instead of getting rid of it, she's caring for it. So she's loving her mom for the person that she's become and not the person that she wished she still was. And that's, and and that's removing that mask and removing that outer layer of skin that her mom had been thought that she had to wear still or was trying to hold on to because i'm sure that the mom herself was trying to hold on to the little bits of identity that she still had and when she embraces her as they lie down that's that's the daughter accepting her mom for the new person that her mom is and when the granddaughter sees the mold on the mom because degenerative diseases like this are very often hereditary. And it's her looking into the future and knowing that this is going to be her mom's future too. Mm. Yeah. And as somebody who has like my, I said, my nanny has the early stages, both of her sisters had it too. So there is a hereditary something within that side of the family, at least. Um, and so that's something that I've definitely thought about is, is this going to affect my dad, any of his sisters, eventually me, any of my brothers, because this is something that can be hereditary. And, you know, how do we deal with the knowledge that that eventually that rot could overtake us as well? Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I was reading some of what, the director, uh, Natalie Erica James, like she named that this movie is all about grief and grieving the death of someone while they're living. And she named that moment of the peeling away of Edna's skin, that it was an acceptance, like what you guys are saying of how much she has changed and she is helping to ease that burden for her by that peeling away of the layers yeah i think and that's so beautiful and so heartbreaking like loving or mourning the death of somebody that is still alive wow absolutely and you had named you know with it just you know the 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 cycle of you know edna k and then sam like all seeing you know this black mold and i think the one connection that I had seen read named a couple of times, I was like, I do really connect with this in just these family cycles. And they were talking about when Edna talks about her great grandfather being in that that log cabin and she has some dreams, you know, in in the movie, there's this point where in the cabin, Kay has these dreams about the grandfather and how he was left to deteriorate. And Edna even says, you know, I don't think he was cared for properly. I think you're, I think you're right. I, um, yeah. And that's another sort of layer to the, the hereditary um, aspect of it. Right. I don't think he was cared for properly. And I think that Asia, to your point, what is it, what is haunting them or her, the grandmother. Um, I think it's the stained glass mirror. I think it's it's the memories of her her father, the grandmother's father, and then that stained glass that was moved from the cabin into her door 
Oh, that's and the, oh, yeah. the reminders of it. I think that that I think that she is just being haunted by memories that she can't really remember. Oh, yeah, that's brilliant. I yeah, I definitely would not have made. Obviously, the stained glass window represents the cabin and that previous life. But I don't think I would have. I don't think I would have drawn the parallel of those memories being. Because it's almost like the grandmother's situation is haunting the the mother and the daughter but it was like what's haunting the grandma aside from the illness itself it just it felt so much more outside of the grandma and having yes the memories to really tie into that makes it much more chilling yeah yeah there is there is no ghost in this movie and i think that for me some of the most effective horror is when people are kind of haunted by their own situations. Mm. Um, things like the Babadook, which is also an Australian right. Um, and this one, um, if you've watched Cabinet of Curiosities, the murmuring is exactly. another one that's like that. It's it's very much people being being haunted by memories and situations and grief and illness. It it's it's being like their their spirit is burdened by these things and that's causing them fear and hardship and struggle and and i think that this movie is so heavily metaphorically that what do you guys think oh, oh yeah absolutely yeah any final thoughts woof i mean i think well one i think one question i wanted to ask first Again, in my my struggling to fully understand, again, emotionally, I think you guys have very perfectly encapsulated what this movie is trying to say. But you know how at the very beginning of the movie, the opening, mm -hmm. the grandma is sort of transfixed as she's looking at the Christmas tree. But and there's a thing like there's a thing that stands up in the background. Did you guys see that? I don't remember. <laughs> it's yeah, it's so Maybe subtle. A reason to watch it a third time. I'm. <laughs> I just feel like there's so many little and details. Like the sounds. The one thing I read was that the sounds were purposely like things that have been described by dementia patients. Things they hear in their heads. Like some of those. Oh wow! Screeching. That's awful. Yeah, that is awful and so sad. Oh, heartbreaking. Um, oh, I'm so sad. <laughs> I think um, going to to that point, so neither of you noticed the thing that stands up in that opening moment? I don't remember it. I, I don't remember if I noticed it or not. And if I did, I have, for I have forgotten about it. Because I think that's what that's what really set my expectation for this being more of a, you know, like a typical Little haunting. Yeah, yeah. A typical haunting situation because I, the visual again is so incredibly outside of, of grandma. Um, it's yeah. I, which I thought that was a really first off just well lit, well staged, well, well planned out moment. I thought that was super duper chilling yeah um i don't know but i will revisit it this is a movie that i i will watch again for sure i watched it like full disclosure i watched it last week and i planned to watch it again and then just didn't um because life so it is something that i would like to return to i think i'd like to get rob to watch it <laughs> with me um because i think that there is it's so heavy in in content and in metaphor that I don't think one viewing sufficiently will give you enough. I, th I think that subsequent viewings will be beneficial is what I'm trying yeah. to say. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I remember what it was. There was one thing that really kind of struck me in a sad way as you know, when you kind of have the big aha moment and you realize that there is, like I called it, this hell Narnia, this mm -hmm. alternate version of the house. Within. Yeah, the night house. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. But then this, this closet, um, it's at that moment that you realize that the grandma never left the house. Yeah. Right. And that all of those knockings and noises that the mother and the daughter were hearing during the whole first act of the movie were the grandma. Yeah. Somewhere deep within the bowels of this house, either being lost or just or doing whatever she was doing. And the more we unpack this emotional element to the story, it's such a heartbreaking, heartbreaking thing to think that this grandmother was there the entire time and they just couldn't see her. Right. And I, I don't know. I, I feel like that could even just go up there with the that ain't right. Like, you know, how you had mentioned with poor, poor Jamie. Yeah. The grandma was in there for days. For days. And and not only could they not find her, but she couldn't find them. Oof. Like they're both in the same house, the same space, and they've lost each other. Yeah, I think that's gross. That's so gross. <laughs> I just got like a new respect for how absolutely horrifying that element of this movie is that's disgusting (laughs) oh okay well let's let's very sadly go to (laughs) the fog meter um where we measure things in fear and in god so um fear what scared us and god what saved us or the message and themes of the movie asia let's start with you do you want to give your fear measurement? Yeah, initially I didn't think my fear measurement would be that high because I wouldn't call this movie all that scary of a watch. But after this conversation, <laughs> um, I think it's going up. It's going way up. I think I'm probably going to put it something like an 8.5. I think an 8.5 is where I'll land because I'm. this conversation has emotionally disturbed me. You're welcome, listeners. <laughs> Um, I am going to join you at that 8.5. I think that the, the scary part of this movie is the disease dementia itself. And I don't think that there needs to be much more said about that. If you know somebody that has had it, has struggled with it, has, has passed away eventually because of it, you know, that it is horrifying in and of itself. And I think that this movie is an excellent depiction of that. Jess? Yes, I would. You Before you guys even said it, I was definitely landing at an eight. And uh, Vera, you named it. It's really the, the disease itself that is just brilliantly captured as the villain or, you know, the thing that you are fearing in this movie. And it does an effective job in many ways. Definitely. And so what would you say for God? Jess, we'll start with you this time. I, I'm going to give it a 10. Um, I just, the way Kay comes around and takes care of her mother, like my favorite scene is when she goes back into the house and carries her mother up the stairs. Like that about brought me into tears. Mm-hmm. It was just that unconditional love. Um just it was it was it was beautiful yeah i'm right there with you with the 10 i think that this movie is intended to be a metaphor and it is thoughtfully portrayed as a metaphor for dementia and and degenerative brain diseases and and i don't think that i can say anything else other than absolutely 10 yeah, I agree with that. I uh, I totally agree with the 10, even just by virtue of the fact that, you know, we we couldn't do anything other than just launch into the themes of this movie. It took no introduction, very little, you know, me being the oaf that had to question it in the first place. Um, and then it was all very quickly sort of brought to the forefront. Yeah, this movie is incredibly substantive. Um, and it also it makes sense why a uh, friend of the fog, Dave, you know, recommended it because Dave's a very thoughtful person who apparently thinks about very dark things. Um, so, yeah, this is a 10 for sure. Dave, thank you very much for recommending this movie. 
So it is a nine. We give we give the relic a nine out of ten. And that brings us to the last question I have is, would you recommend this movie, Asia? I think I would. I, I, I think simply by virtue of its pace, this movie is not going to be for everybody. If somebody isn't in the mood for a slow burn that, again, is more of an emotionally oriented piece, then it's not going to be the first thing I recommend to somebody. But if I'm talking to a thoughtful human who likes art and likes thinking about life, then yeah, I totally think this is going to be up up your alley for sure. For sure. Jess? Yeah, absolutely. I agree with Asia. It's not everybody's cup of tea, nor should it be. 15-year-old son wasn't a fan. That's okay. <laughs> yeah. If you're a 15-year-old boy, maybe you do. Totally. I mean, it. I don't know. But um, definitely for anyone in a season of grief, I just feel like this is a really beautiful, thoughtful piece. And again, I do feel like the ending I don't know. The ending is just, it is, it is beautiful. I really, Dave, I really do appreciate you suggesting this movie. This is, this was a great movie. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Echoing everything that you said. I absolutely recommend it is not for everyone, but I think that especially if you know or have known um, anyone with like a hereditary illness, then I think that this movie is an excellent exploration of that and an exploration of grief. And it is well worth the watch. Awesome. Well, next week, the movie we'll be covering is The Ritual from 2017. So don't get it confused with any other ritual movies out there. Yeah, there's only one ritual. Um, I just wanted to make sure it's funny because uh, there's the relic and relics. So I saw 2017. I'm like the ritual 2017. <laughs> I think there's a 2021 one, not that one. Yeah. The, this was like everything that I wrote in our text thread. I was like, wait, are we covering relic or the relic? Do we want to talk about little monsters this year or little monsters this year? <laughs> and you know, there's going to be like a 1975, like, grungy movie called the ritual somewhere and somebody's yes. going to be like i thought we were listening to that one <laughs> well fantastic guys and as always in the words of our friend reed lackey the fear of god is the beginning of wisdom but not the end of the conversation and in that spirit we encourage you to fear nothing else and be on your way rejoicing thanks guys <laughs> see you guys have a good rest of your day the fear of god is the beginning of wisdom but not the end of the conversation and you can continue the conversation in a variety of ways Start by visiting thefearofgodpodcast.com for links to our social media and episode archive, essays, merchandise, and more. If you love what we do, consider becoming a patron by visiting patreon.com slash thefearofgodpodcast, where you will unlock exclusive bonus episodes, extended standard episodes, online events, and so much more. Special thanks to Jacob Hunt of tracermatula.com for our artwork. Our assortment of talented musicians, Andrew Nelson, the Island Family, and Jackson Harper for our varied show tunes. And to Lee Wright and Reed Lackey for our theme music. Special thank you also to Tyler Smith at MoreThanOneLesson.com. Lastly, be sure to subscribe to us on your podcast platform of choice. And if you listen to us through Apple Podcasts, we would greatly appreciate a rating and a review. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next week. Hi, everybody. <laughs>